And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is Tuesday, January 18th. And you know what that means? Don't think about anything but taxes. Yes, quarterly taxes are due today. Uh, if you are the type of filer who needs to make quarterly estimates, this is it. This is your last one before tax filing season. And uh, also, just for reference, uh, the tax filing season opens up next week on Monday, January 24th. So hopefully you have all of your payments ready and you're ready to rock and roll. That'll be great. If you have questions about this upcoming tax season or any other financial matter, just give us a holler. Go to the website, jillonmoney.com, jillonmoney.com, and there, all you need to do is click the contact button. Uh, I think it's going to be a very confusing tax season, Mark, because, uh, you know, there's a lot of the benefits that came in and how to file for them and the child tax credit. It's just, it's going to be a bit of a mess, I think. And by the way, the IRS is already saying, be patient because they just don't have a huge staff and uh, essentially mm, it's going to take a while to get all this stuff done. Today, uh, Mark says we got to keep plowing through emails. So again, you can send us your note and do that through the website. If you come on the air with us, it's lovely to hear your voices, truly. If not, you get to hear me read your notes. So here we go. Let's do some emails today. This is from Rich. It's a social security question. And he writes, Hi, Jill and Mark. I listen regularly and hear it mentioned that starting Social Security early is a bad idea. My question is this. If I won't need the money to live on in retirement, is there a scenario where starting to take monthly payments at 62 and investing it each month would pay out more than waiting until my full retirement age at 67. Okay, so here's the deal. The way he's thinking about this, if no investment returns were to come into play, he'd be worse off after five years for starting early. But with investment returns, maybe I would be better. And Okay, so here's the deal, Rich. Everyone plays this game. 
And as much as you think that you can do better than the social security system, you probably can't. And it's a guarantee. And so when you take on investment risk and you may beat the the compound numbers that you're going to see between now and the full retirement age or now until age 70, but heck, when you think about social security and you say, wow, I'm going to get an extra 8% every year I wait and it's a guarantee, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. So in that respect, I think that you know you may do better, but you know what? You may not. The only reason that we really talk about people taking their social security benefits early is if you're really in bad health and you don't think you're going to live very long, or frankly, if you can't afford to float your lifestyle without it. But otherwise, wait till your full retirement age and maybe even till 70. Okay. Here is a mark. I love this one. This is from Juan who says, hi, Aunt Jill. I've been a listener of your pod since the 404 days. So thanks for all the advice over the years. Oh, Mark, I forgot to tell you, I just spoke to Jeff Bacalar recently and we had such a lovely conversation. So Jeff was one of the hosts of the 404. That's a famous CNET podcast. Anyway, Juan writes that his question is about his employer and the employer recently eliminated a pension. Now, Juan says, I've been with them for 10 years and they fully funded a pension and provided 2% of my salary every year I work there up to 60%. So now starting in 2022, the benefit has stopped accruing, but we get to keep what we've earned to this point. And that's estimated to be about $800 a month at retirement. As a replacement, they will be contributing an annual lump sum payment of 3% into my Roth 401k, okay, on top of the 5% match they've always offered. They will also offer a temporary benefit of another 3% and $7,500 incentive that is paid annually for five years. Oh my God. So I'm not sure how I feel about the switch and in whose favor the math works out. Okay. P.S. For reference, my wife and I are both 32. We make $145,000 a year. We have a fully funded emergency fund. We're working towards paying down our only debt, which is student loans, should be gone in a few years thanks to that $7,500 incentive. Then I plan to max out my 401k. My wife is a government employee who is, at least for the moment, uh, has a pension. They've got an 11-year-old son. They plan on having another child in the next year. Okay, here's a deal, Juan. The pension being terminated is usually because it's better for the company. No company terminates a plan without making this calculation with a bunch of actuaries who have figured out what's best for the company. Now, that said... They've been pretty generous about this. So do I think that they've done a good job in trying to make you feel better about the fact that this pension is terminated? Yes, there's no doubt about it. However, make no mistake, this is better for them in the long run than for you. But take the money and especially if you like your job, great. That's all good. But, you know, when we see people who stop their, uh, when we see big companies stop the you know, the, their pensions, it generally very good for the company. Okay. 
Jeff has a question about estate planning. Hey, Jill and Mark, I've been an avid listener of your podcast for quite a few years now, and I was a live guest on the show a couple of years back, and I just love the advice you give. One thing I hear you ask your guests over and over is about estate planning. My wife and I have wills, but they're more than 20 years old. They probably need updating. What else do we need? We have no family lawyer. I'm a bit cautious with just doing an online search to pick the very first one that pops up. Where do we start? Well, Jeff, I mean, first of all, the basic estate documents are wills. And then there is something called a durable power of attorney that assigns someone the right to make a financial decision in your behalf. And then there's a healthcare proxy. You assign the right to make a healthcare decision on your behalf. I don't know how much money you have. You know, you, I don't know how what those documents said. You know, if you don't have a lawyer, one thing you could do is potentially see if you have some friends who know lawyers, or maybe just start with going to Policy Genius, which has been a sponsor of the show on and off. So I want to make be clear about that. They do have an estate planning tool on their site. Or maybe ask for um, a referral from um, someone who's a CPA in town who you know or somebody just, you know, trying to get a name. You want someone who's just going to look at these documents. They're probably going to need to be updated. But most importantly, getting it done. And I think that healthcare proxy, if we've learned anything over the last two years, it's really that having your wishes known is really important. Now we go to Ricardo. I love your podcasts and all the unbiased info that you share with us. Nah, I'm probably biased. I'm not. Who knows? Anyway, Ricardo says, I'm 75. I retired and been retired for nine years. Okay. I've got a net income, including my wife's, of about $130,000. It comes from pension, social security, and income from investments, which is mostly comprised of low-cost balanced index funds. That's great. No debt. They own their house mortgage-free. And he says, they both have long-term care policies. He says, I contribute $14,000 into a brokerage account. I've got $16,000 in a Roth. My wife has about $40,000 in her Roth. I recently took out a line of credit on our house of $260,000 at 1.9%. It's variable. But he says, it's just in case we need it. Here we go. What is your thought of investing it in something safe? I hate to see that equity just sitting they're earning me zero. The market value of the house is about 400000 Thanks for the input. Um, I mean, you have a line of credit, but you're not drawing it down. So it's not really costing you anything except for the cost of the loan to establish it. I wouldn't get into this game at all. It sounds to me like you're doing fine. You're living well. If you need to use that money, fine. But no, I would not invest it. The worst thing that could happen is you somehow or other take this loan you start drawing down on the line, you decide you're going to invest it. And then we have some horrible recession or market correction and you freak out. And, you know, I just, I don't know, you're in good shape. Why are we, why are we asking for a problem? That's always my big issue. Don't ask for a problem. Don't buy a problem. Oh, this is a very, uh, I think a tidy little episode, Mark. I, I think it's gone very well. I'm happy about that. Are you are you feeling good about it? I see you typing away because Mark and I can't hear each other right now. So let me see what he says. Oh, Mark says, you see, that's what happens when I'm not involved. It's tidy. That's ridiculous. It may not be as much fun. Anyway, we all know everyone wants to hear Mark's voice. If you want to hear Mark's voice and you don't want to wait for it to happen on this program, go check out our sister broadcast. It's called Eye on Money. 
and you can get it. Just go to our website. Go to JillOnMoney.com and uh, you can see everything and you can subscribe to our sister broadcast, Eye on Money. And while you're on the website, please, please sign up for the free weekly newsletter. We're trying to pump that real hard. Yeah, I know. You know that because we've been pumping it pretty hard. Anyway, uh, we so appreciate you listening and we hope that you make your quarterly payments today and that you have a great day. Please try to lift someone up. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.